T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, he is a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl 22, part of the great history of this Washington NFL franchise. He was the first black quarterback to start, play, win a Super Bowl. And on the eve of Super Bowl 57 with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, who better to have on and to talk to and to let you guys hear from than the great Doug Williams. The legend himself is kind enough to join us. He is currently a special assistant to President Jason Wright with the Washington Commanders and just a great all-around person. Uh, and, Doug, I'm so honored that, you know, you're giving me some time and appreciate you. How are you, pal? I'm, I'm great, Chris, and appreciate you having me on, too. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for making time for us. Before we get to the Super Bowl, uh, and, and you'll be out there and all that, and we'll get to that in a sec, Doug, last year, last week, I should say, on January 31st, we celebrated the 35th anniversary of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 22 at Jack Murphy Stadium, which doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> uh, that you guys won 42 to 10 over the Denver Broncos that you played in, started in, won the Super Bowl MVP in. Uh, everybody knows what you did. Uh, even if they weren't actually live to see the game, everybody has studied the annals. Um, when that anniversary comes up, do, do you think about a lot of the significance of, of that day, both what it meant for society and also what it meant in your career and in your life? Or do you kind of treat it as, you know, well, it, it was a long time ago. It's special, but it's kind of the same day. <laughs> Chris, first of all, let me say that it has been a long time ago, yeah. but, but I don't think there's a, a day come by or go that I don't remember something about that day. Yeah. You know, I know how significant it, it is to, to me, uh, my family, and to uh, Black America, you know, we, we're talking history. That's that's the key to this whole whole thing. We're not just talking about some guy that just passed by. And you know, I think about the fact that if, if it had been somebody else, it had been Randall Cunningham, Orrin Moon, uh, anybody like that, I, I think I feel the same way about what transpired and, and what this week is all about. So yes, I, I think um, that day will forever be there and. I'm glad I was able to do it here in the Washington area and, and for the DMV. I think that was the most important thing, you know, just just being here and, and working with the commanders and and traveling around the DMV. You know, I feel it every day because no matter where I am, somebody's going to mention it, and and that's a good feeling when you when you think about it. When I walk into this office and walk into the front door, you know, you got through three Super Bowl trophies up there, mm -hmm. and knowing that you was a part of one of them is it's a great great feeling and the fact that we still here to enjoy 
No doubt about it. Uh, and it was an amazing day. And I, I was only 13, I think, at the time. But I remember watching it in my friend's living room and just going bonkers because of the significance and because of what you guys did in that second quarter to obviously blow out that game. Um, Before we get to the rest of that game, how much extra pressure internally did you feel that week, that day, that maybe you didn't share with the public, the media, because of the circumstances and just because, hey, it's a Super Bowl, and I might not get another opportunity here. Well, let me let me tell you how I handled that, Chris. You know, it wasn't from a pressure standpoint because I, being an athlete all my life and knowing it's about competing, uh, what I learned to do during that time is never put pressure on yourself because mm-hmm. whoever you play going to put enough pressure on you and, and everything else, so you don't need no added pressure. Uh, but my job was going out to San Diego. I knew it was a whole lot of – uh, media and a whole lot of things surrounding that game. And it was about me more than anything. It was about the black quarterback. And I thought the most important thing was not to get wrapped up into being a black quarterback. I knew I knew what color I was. I knew who I was. I think the most important part for me was to go out to San Diego, enjoy yourself. When, when the NFL say it's time for you to talk to the media, talk to the media, go to practice, uh, get in your playbook and enjoy your, yourself. So I, I didn't go there thinking that I got to do this because I'm black. I got so many black people depending on me. That that wasn't my theory. My my theory was all about doing what was best for the Washington Redskins at that particular time. And I felt like if I can go out there and perform between the lines, and, and I understand the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. There's so many, there's so many things around the Super Bowl that happen that the players are not involved in, so you can't worry about what goes on outside of the game. The most important thing is the game, and you prepared yourself during the season for a game, and that's how you got to look at it. We was playing the Denver Bronco, Broncos in a game, and you go out there and perform that. Now, when things are over with, and I said this then, you know, when it's over with, you can color me any color you want because I already know what color I am. So. I know it was a significant day for for, for black history, uh, for America, but more than black folks was pulling for Doug Williams. There's a whole lot of other folks pulling for Doug Williams. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, we was able to win the game, but at the, at the other at the other end of it, enjoy what came with it. That is uh, that answer like gives me a little goosebumps, you know, because I, I, I don't know if I can explain it and, and, and get a better answer from you than uh, you just provided the legendary Doug Williams kind enough to join us from Ashburn from the team headquarters before he heads to Super Bowl 57. Uh, so we're so thrilled to have uh, this time when you got hurt in that first quarter, Doug, and you guys are down 10, nothing going into the second, what was going through your mind? What do you remember? Did, did you know you were coming back in the game? Did you think it was serious? Did you think it was getting away from you? Do you remember like what you were kind of thinking after you got that uh, banged up a little bit there? Well, well, let me say this. First of all, I already knew I had a bad left knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I had a bad right. left knee going into the game. Right. And when I hyperextended my knee at that particular time, you know, I left it straight. I didn't know exactly what had happened. Uh, but I do know when uh, the trainer ran out, Kioki ran out, and he was about to touch me, and I told him, don't touch me, because I told him, if the good Lord let me get up, I'm going to finish this game. Mm. And I got up on my own, you know, limped to the sideline, and, you know, we still had two downs left before we punted, and, you know, got the attention of the trainers and everything, and took a couple of ad bills and, and shook it out a little bit. I was still limping. He was still hurting. 
And when we got the ball back, Coach Gibbs walked back to me and he said, Douglas, you ready? I said, yeah, Coach. He said, well, let's get this sucker to rolling. Not knowing he mean 18 plays, we were going to score 35 points. He just said, let's get this sucker to rolling. And uh, the first pass from scrimmage, um, Mike Haynes walked up to the, to the line of scrimmage, wanted to press Ricky Sanders. And, you know, in practice, we always practice that. If a, if a cornerback walk up to press you, no help, don't have a safety behind him, hey, our receiver was better than their defense, defensive back. And that's the way we thought. So it was supposed to be just a simple Charlie 10 hits, seven yard boom hits. But no, he came up and wanted want to be, I guess he, he started feeling himself and wanted to pressure Ricky Sanders. And Ricky ran by him. And my job was to lay it out there. That and it led to a TD. And after that, it was to Gary Clark. It was back to Ricky. It was Timmy Smith. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the half, it was Clint Diddy. You know, and by that time, 35 to 10. And um went to the dressing room, bugle. Walked up to me. He called me Stud. He said, hey, Stud, if you don't want to, because I was hurting. I was hurting at halftime. He said, if you don't want to, you don't have to go back in. And I can remember telling Bugle, I said, no. I said, I started this job. I'm going to finish it. And, uh, you know, went, let the doctors do what they do at halftime and come back out and finish the game. And after the game, I was badly walking. I was dragging my, dragging my leg along off the field, man. But I had my helmet held up high and uh, was thinking that yesterday didn't matter to me. Tomorrow, I know nothing about, but today, you know, I felt like I had reached the mountaintop. Uh, you absolutely did, and then some. Super Bowl twenty two MVP, Doug Williams, our guest. Uh, and, again, can't thank him enough uh, for his time and perspective. It's just some wonderful stories there if you haven't heard those. Uh, Doug, as we mentioned, two black quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Uh, Going to be facing off, first time that has happened, obviously, considering your history. I know you're heading to Phoenix uh, later on this week for the game. Um, What does this tell us about the progress that you were so intricately involved in, again, in Super Bowl XXII, that here we are 35 years later, and just having celebrated that Super Bowl XXII victory, that now we have two black quarterbacks squaring off against each other? Well, Chris, you know, when you look at it realistically, it's kind of unfortunate that uh, we just made it here because, you know, if, if the guys that deserve an opportunity before me had gotten the opportunity, we might not be here. We've been here probably past this. We probably, that probably would have happened 35 years ago. You never know. Yeah. But, but it, but it happened this week. And then we got, we got to look at that as progress from, from which it all started, from which, you know, I won 35 years ago and here now 35 years later that we, we had made progress. Russell Wilson did it 25 years after I did it. Um, now it's 35, 10 more years later. We've had eight guys that of color to play in the Super Bowl. But, you know, I look at this whole thing now that we don't have to come back and say uh, a black quarterback making history playing in the Super Bowl because we you can only play two quarterbacks at a time, so we got two. So that's that's over with. The only thing we got to do now is, from the NFL standpoint, actually, is to improve on hiring black coaches. Right. You know, there's a lot of black coaches out there that deserve an opportunity to 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 coach that is not getting that opportunity. And I think, uh, you know, you talk about a black eye. Other than that, if you want to uncover the black eye, we need to hire more black coaches. Uh, and that's where, obviously, I was going to head. And one of those is Eric Bieniemy, who's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, has been, has done a brilliant job with Andy Reid. 
uh, has interviewed, I think, I don't know, 14 or 15 different teams over the course of the last four or five years. Hasn't been able to get a head coaching job. He's still up for the Indianapolis Colts job as we speak here, Doug. Why do you think it hasn't worked for him? Yeah, that, that's unfortunate, though. I, there ain't no way in the world, West hell, that, that Eric B. Enemy should not have a job in this league. You know, I've been around Eric the last summer at, at the quarterback summit in, in L.A. And just in the room listening to him, man, I, I can't imagine not having a guy like that to motivate my team. And and, and he'd been with Andy Reid and, and done one heck of a job. You know, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I just think somewhere along the line, it's about the owners more than anything. I think uh, the commissioner, Goodell, and, and, and Troy Benson has done everything possible to to make this happen. But, but at the end of the day, if you don't open the owner's heart and, 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 and their head and look at it from a realistic standpoint and give them an opportunity to, to meet these people instead of having headhunters do their job for them, I think they need to sit down and go to dinner with them, drink coffee with them, whatever they want to do to find out you know, how is this individual? I'm talking about talking to the black candidates that are out there. When you look around, you know, you got the enemy, you got Leslie Frazier, you got Raheem Mars, Coach Carwell should have never been out of job. I mean, you look around, there's too many good coaches out there Steve that deserve Wilkes, an opportunity Brian Flores, that yeah, I, sorry to jump in. Steve Wilkes, Brian Flores, uh, you know, and 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 Coach Flores got the Vikings uh, defensive coordinator spot. We'll see what happens with Coach Wilkes. Um, but I, I, you know, and specifically about the enemy, Doug. I mean, there are a lot of rumors that you know, if he doesn't get the Colts head coaching job, which I think everybody wants him to get, you know, that maybe he could be an offensive coordinator somewhere else other than Kansas City, and specifically in Washington. Do you do you think that? I, not that that's a necessary step for him, but do you think if he were to not get the Colts head coaching job that maybe it would help him taking an offensive coordinator's position somewhere else, maybe the commanders, where he has complete autonomy and maybe is not in the proverbial shadow of Andy Reid? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say yes because, you know, I think he has to make that decision, you know, and if he got an opportunity to go – Elsewhere, if, if if it doesn't get the head coaching job, that'll strictly be up to him. But I but I think any team that has the enemy as their offensive coordinator would put their arms around him and, and let him work. I mean, nobody's been in more details and 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 orchestrating certain offense than than the enemy has. You know, you all everybody say he don't call plays. Well, you know what? That's about three or four guys that have worked for Andy Reid don't call plays. The guy that left Sean McVay in L.A. don't call play. The guy that left Kyle Shanahan don't call play. You know, if you leave uh, my man up in Green Bay, don't call play. So don't use the don't call play. You know, Hackett didn't call no plays in Green Bay, but he got a job. So let's not use that excuse. That that excuse is old. Uh, Saying why you don't hire him, I mean, that's the most important thing. Give him the answer. You know, and some people say, well, he didn't interview well. You know the question of that? Who's in the interview? That's the thing. Who's in it? <laughs> you know, right. so we don't really know. And maybe they're not a good listener. Well, you know? maybe they are. I think you you know this, Chris. You know, let's talk about the Rooney Rules. You look at all the jobs that was open this year. Right. And every last one of them interviewed two or more black candidates. You know, that the mentality is let's do this so we can get the Rooney Rule out the way. 
and then we hire who we want to. That's, right. I don't care what you say. That's basically what is happening. Right. You know, and that's the unfortunate part of it. They circumvent the Rooney Rule. The legendary Doug Williams with us, of course, Super Bowl twenty two MVP uh, and the first black quarterback to start win a Super Bowl. And of course, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes this Sunday, Super Bowl fifty seven. Um, before we run out of time, Doug, and I again appreciate you so much. Uh, Bobby Bethard passed away last week and he was you know, the architect in a lot of ways of your Super Bowl championship team and others in Washington and had a brilliant career surrounding that in Miami and San Diego. What was your relationship like with him both before the Super Bowl, after, and in life afterwards? Let me say, Bobby is Super Bowl. You know, he, after I talked to Joe Gibbs when the, when the USFL folded, the next voice on the book, on the phone was Bobby Beth. And, you know, he, we was talking about coming up here and he was happy to have me and we agreed. I came up, got a chance to sit down and talk to Bobby. You know, I was fortunate enough, you know, Bobby Beffitt and, and you know, just his office was open and, and had a chance to just sit down, you know, and just air out certain things with the younger players. And Bobby would always, always ask me about the young players. You know, I figured he thought I'd been around a little bit and the young players and, and just the last year. So to be honest with you, Bobby used to call me uh, twice every month or so. And all he would say, I'm just checking in on you, you know, up until late the last few few weeks or months or so. I hadn't heard from Bobby and, and Jeff, who works in here. You know, I, I see Jeff and I always ask him about his dad. But I think if you look at the Washington Redskins commanders, you know, you have to put Bobby Beffitt, and he's in the Hall of Fame, which he deserved. You got to put Bobby Beffitt's name on any trophy in this building because it was Bobby Beffitt and Joe Gibbs who was the architect of what we transpired here in, in the Washington area. And, and you know, I, I'm glad that he got his flowers with the Hall of Fame and uh, I'm sure he's going to rest in heaven with the fact that everybody appreciates Bobby Beth. I know I do. Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, answer and tribute uh, to a brilliant man from everything that I've read and known and, and studied. Uh, Doug Williams with us for one more. And again, can't thank you enough, Doug. Um, you're a special advisor assistant to Jason Wright with the Washington Commanders. You know, it's been a tumultuous time. I, I know things are still very much changing, so I won't put you in a bad spot. Where, What is the state of this franchise right now in your eyes, being in that building all the time and being who you are, and where are we heading? Well, I think the good part about me being in this building, you know, we're still dealing with the football part. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to transpire, you know, I could not tell you, uh, you know, I don't know whether I'm going to still be here and anybody else that adheres that. But I think the most important thing is to, to do your job. You know, do what we're doing. That's all you can ask for. It's um, do what you're doing. And whoever, if, if there is, um, assume this team, just hope that they would look at um, the whole picture and, and make a decision on what they want to do. You know, I think that's the only way you can, you can face this because we, we really don't know what's happening. And uh, one last one, I lied. You got to pick for uh, Sunday, Super Bowl 57? Oh, or You know, Chris, you know, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky because, you know, I can't, I cannot lose, you know. This is and true. I think that's the best way for me to look at this thing. Whether or not it's 
Jalen and Patrick are my two picks to win this Super Bowl. <laughs> Doug, uh, <laughs> again, I, I learned something and – 10 things every time I get to talk to you. Uh, you've been so kind to me. I, I know, you know, we run into each other occasionally uh, around town. And, and and again, you you and your family are wonderful, and you've always been so kind to me. Uh, I'm lucky to get this opportunity to talk to you, especially on a week like this. Uh, happy 35th plus anniversary, uh, and uh, congratulations on everything that you've uh, done to put us as a society and the <laughs> NFL in this spotlight. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.